Parshas Mishpatim, Doctors and Healing. In this week's Sedra, we read about someone who wounds his fellow man, and because of that, many obligations now fall at his feet. In Torah, there's no such thing as pottering yourself with an I'm sorry. Some people say, oh, and ah, and we're so sorry, and they think they're done. Sorry? When you're a mazik, you're responsible. Excuse me is not enough. It's a sin to cause damage, and you have to pay for it. Now, included in those obligations is virapo yirape. He must pay for a doctor to heal the one that he wounded. He can't tell the victim that he should heal on his own. To have bitachan and to rely on Hashem, he has to pay the doctor bills. And he has to pay for a good doctor too. Babakama. Virapo yirape. A double lushan for emphasis. I don't want any horsing around, says Hashem. Bring him to the hospital and make sure he gets healed. And on this pasuk, the Gemara comments, Mikan shinitna rishut lirapot. From here we learn that the physician has permission to heal. Now why it's called permission? Why permission is required? That's easy to understand. After all, how can an ordinary human being have the chutzpah to tinker with the body? Even if he studied medicine, and he's a specialist too, the body is such a marvelous and complicated piece of machinery that it would be irresponsible for a basar vadam to make an attempt to intervene. HaKadosh Baruch Hu has created such a marvel that if you studied it for a million years, you'll never get to the bottom of the wisdom of even one cell. So how could you allow this doctor to tinker around? That's the truth. He's only a tinkerer. You know, when Louis XV of France was laying sick on his deathbed, the best physicians were brought into the palace to try and heal him. So what did they do? It's recorded in Journal de Santé du Roi, the journal of the king's health. The best medical care was made available to this monarch. For royalty, only the most royal care would do. And so because he could afford it, the royal physician melted pearls and poured them down his throat. Now an ordinary subject would never have merited such expensive medicine. But for King Louis, no stone would be left unturned. And so the doctors got busy. They did everything they could to kill him. And finally they succeeded. A few days before his 72nd birthday, he passed away. If he was a poor man, he might have survived. It could very well be he would have lived into his 80s. Of course. We know that medicine has advanced since the days of King Louis. No decent doctor today would write a prescription for melted pearls. But you can be sure that 50 years or 100 years from now, they'll ridicule much of today's medicine. Even 10 years from now, they'll laugh at some of the medicines and procedures that we rely on today. And therefore, we might have thought to let nature, that's Hashem's creation, run its course. Let the body heal itself, after all. We know that Hashem created the human body for optimum efficiency. He equipped our bodies to be able to cope with all the different sicknesses. That's why even when people neglect their health and they catch a cold, let's say they're sitting near somebody who's coughing or they go outside without a coat and they get sick, the body's system fights back and rescues him from illness. The cold doesn't go away by itself. That's the Roife Chol Basar at work. HaKadosh Baruch Hu actually made the body itself into a drugstore. The body is full of medicines, so many secretions. Gradually, we are discovering some of them. 
that come to our aid and are saving our lives all the time. It's remarkable how many forms of healing the body itself creates. You know, the world has many dangerous microbes that are constantly alighting on your skin. You're touching so many objects during the day, and a big variety of microorganisms find their way onto your body. Many different diseases are represented by the germs on your skin. But what did HaKadosh Baruch Hu do? The Creator made it that the skin has the power to destroy germs. It's not merely a wrapper to contain the body. The skin itself is one of the major organs of the body. The skin produces antiseptic materials that kill off harmful microorganisms and germs. It's so efficient that most germs are destroyed within 20 minutes of landing on your skin, although they could last hours on other surfaces. Every kind of infection is floating in the air, but as it hits us, the body fights back and protects itself. Otherwise, every germ would find a soft place to feed, and it would fester. They would become sores, and in a few hours, the entire body would be covered with sores. And even when the invaders make their way into the body, the body is quite capable of self-healing. You know, sometimes people cough in your face. It happens sometimes. Last week I was walking on King's Highway and a man came over to me to ask me a question. And as he's talking, he's coughing. He's coughing in my face. Coughing and coughing. I couldn't dodge him. It wouldn't be derecheretz. But I was thinking, Please save me. I was davening the whole time he was talking. Sometimes you yourself are guilty. You were on the subway or on the bus where you were holding onto the strap. But just before you grabbed that strap, someone with an illness who had wiped his nose or coughed into his hand had hung on the same strap. And then you were foolish enough to put your dirty finger into your nose or mouth. You just introduced invaders into your body. And so all of those germs that came in from the outside have to be repelled. What did HaKadosh Baruch Hu do? In the blood itself, in the bloodstream, there are antibodies whose purpose it is to destroy microbes. We have thousands. Some say there are millions of different kinds of antibodies in the human organism. That's a statement by a certain writer. He says that our bodies produce a million different antibodies. One for whooping cough, one for the measles, for this virus and for that virus. There's no end to the viruses and our bodies are fighting them off with antibodies. Do you know what that means? There's no chemical company that can supply as many different kinds of materials that our body produces. It's something that's so spectacular we can't even start thinking about it. And they're all floating around in each cell waiting for the time when some microbe enters. There are phagocytes and lymphocytes and neutrophils that are policemen of the body that swim back and forth in the bloodstream looking for miscreants and criminals who might have entered the body. And when these policemen get the call, they hear by long-distance telegram that somewhere in the body the skin was breached and a foreign matter entered. So from all parts of the body, these policemen of the body hasten under their own power and they go straight to the place without wandering, without asking for directions. But that's only the beginning. Because when they arrive, they have to find the culprit. Now the blood is a very busy street. In the blood, there are all kinds of things. There are various nutritional materials that are being conveyed by the blood to thousands of places all over the body. The blood is also conveying waste materials. All kinds of secretions are in the body. It's very crowded in there. 
So how can these corpuscles, these antibodies, discover who are the invaders that don't belong in the body? And still, without being told, unerringly, they go straight to the ones that are the culprits. It's like picking out a criminal on a busy street. He's not standing with his gun and with his mask on his face. He's trying to melt in with the crowd. How can you recognize who he is? But these antibodies unerringly go directly to the criminal. They don't stop and ask, where is the criminal? Did you see any wrongdoers here? They know right away where he is. And they go straight to him. And they don't bring him to a judge that the judge should release him again. They don't arrest him. No, they're not liberals. They do justice on the spot. He is sentenced and punished. No appeals. The white corpuscles swallow up the criminals. They gobble up the microbe on the spot. Ah, if only we had policemen like that. Not little runty policemen or fat little policewomen standing on the street corners. If we had big burly cops who are able to swallow a criminal, that would be the best kind of justice. But that's what's happening all the time in our body. The best doctor is on the job all the time. And so HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't need any outside apothecaries to supply medicines because he has a whole chemical manufacturing complex within the body. The body fights infection and it fights every kind of disaster which had not been opposed would ruin the body. Constantly, there are all kinds of arrangements in the body that help a person to remain more or less stable. In most cases... Illness is cured by itself. Even in the ancient times when they didn't know about vaccines, they didn't know about germs at all. So when an epidemic occurred, it spread like wildfire. And yet despite the proliferation of bacteria, sooner or later, the epidemic died out. Because that's the system of Hashem. And so, if that's the case, we wouldn't know if it's even permitted to rely on doctors. After all, they know so little. Whatever they know is only a drop in the bucket. And what we do know is that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is most capable. He is capable of healing whomever he wants to heal. No question about it. And so along comes the Torah and it tells us, You have my permission. More than permission. You have to go to a physician. It's double words for emphasis. Make it your business to see that you go to a doctor. Among Jews, there's no such thing as priest healers. You don't heal by prayers, by incantations or magic stones. That's not Torah. There's no such thing as medicine man. And there never was such a thing among Jews. Find somebody who is competent according to the best medical theory of the days in which you live. Of course, you don't take anybody who doesn't know anything. Find somebody who is competent and let him try. You have my permission, says Hashem. I'm putting it in your hands. And it's up to you to keep yourself healthy. Now you can understand the following story. When Rabbi Yisrael Salanter wasn't well, he traveled to Kenningsburg, to the medical clinic, to see one of the top doctors. That itself is an important lesson. He looked for the best and he traveled to find him. But even more important is what this doctor said. He made a statement about Rabbi Yisrael. This physician had more than a thousand patients and he said... Of my thousand patients, there is one person, only one person, who faithfully observes all of my directives. And he pointed to Rabbi Yisroel Salanter Zichron Elvracha. Rabbi Yisroel was the one who was most conscientious about following the doctor's orders. 
You know why? Because Rabbi Yisrael was a Torah Jew who understood the lesson of Virapo Yirape. It's a din like any other din in some respects, even more than other dinim. And Rabbi Yisrael took that responsibility very seriously. Just like he took the mitzvah of Lulav and Esrog and Matzah and everything else seriously. The permission to be healed was no less important. It means that Hashem is putting our health into our hands. And now it's part of our Avoidus Hashem. Now to understand this, we'll have a quotation from Misilis Yishorim. Misilis Yishorim is talking about people who look for excuses to avoid doing their duties. To avoid coming to learn. To avoid doing mitzvahs. And one of the excuses that people employ is the excuse that it is too strenuous for them. It's a pressure on their health. Now before he continues and explains that often it's merely the laziness of the person that is speaking, the Mesilis Yashadim explains that if it actually is so, then they are right. When it actually is dangerous, then they're right. And he says something very interesting. The Mesilis Yashadim says a big chiddush now. In addition to the inherent danger of not taking care of yourself, he's held responsible because he's doing a sin. By putting himself into peril, he's doing a sin. And the result is that it's the sin that causes him to be punished. It's not only a matter of germs and seeing doctors. It's a matter of avoidus Hashem. When a man is negligent, when he disregards danger, that man is doing a sin. And for that sin, he deserves punishment. And although it wasn't decreed beforehand on him, but when the punishment comes, it's his fault because the sin of putting himself into danger has incurred punishment. And so, how great is our responsibility to guard our health and protect ourselves from harm? You know, our entire sedra is filled with dinim about the person's responsibility not to harm a fellow Jew. To harm someone, to cause him ill health is a very serious sin. And you don't know how much is going to be collected from you in retribution for harming your fellow Jew. Now suppose that fellow happens to be named you, and you harm him just because it's yourself. Nothing is going to be deducted. On the contrary, you're even more responsible when it's yourself that you're harming. When a man harms his brother, he's more guilty than harming a stranger. Because a brother, you must love more. And if he harms himself, he's more guilty than harming his brother. If you are drowning, and your brother is drowning, and there is only one life preserver, and it cannot hold up two people, don't be chivalrous. Hold on to it yourself. Your life comes first. Baba Metziah. You have to have pity on yourself first because we are not given the power over our bodies. We don't own ourselves. We are strangers to our bodies. And the bodies are given to us in trust. We are guardians over our bodies. And it's our duty to take care of these bodies, these Jewish bodies. And those who are lazy with their health, those people are transgressing this great sin of being careless with their health. So when you come in from the street and you were in the subway or on the trolley or bus and you were holding on to the strap, so it's common sense. You don't have to be a big scientist to know that you have to wash your hands with soap and water before you touch food. Because just before you, someone with an illness who had wiped his nose or coughed into his hand had hung on the same strap. 
That's why it's a good idea when you come from the street to wash with soap and water before you eat. And then after, your hands are nice and clean. You take a keli and you pour water onto your hands and make hamotzi. So you have double insurance. Make sure you do that. That's included in the lesson of virapo yirape. Because as much as HaKadosh Baruch Hu is doing in this world, he left room for you to take care of yourself. It's true that your skin is hard and working to destroy the microorganisms, but the ones that alighted on your hand in the last 10 minutes didn't have a chance to be destroyed yet. So don't rely on that. If you do, you're a sinner. And whatever happens is the punishment for that sin. The very first thing is to take care of yourself. Here's a man who persists in going to bed late just because he's reading something interesting. He can't put down the book or the newspaper. Maybe he can't turn off that infernal machine. He can't tear himself away from the program. And so finally, the spouse or the parent says, Look, Chaim, it's already half past twelve, and you're not well. Oh, I didn't notice the time. That's a chet. You have to hit the hay early. I myself know two cases of boys who didn't go to sleep on time, and they went insane. Nit engedacht. Yes, it happened. They ruined their lives. Others got sick, and they're to blame. Now some people say, well, I want to be a masmid. Better listen to the Chavetz Chaim. The Chavetz Chaim came into his yeshiva in Raden at night, and when he saw boys learning late, he said, Gei shlofen. Morgan is oich atog. He told the boys to go to sleep. You can learn tomorrow, he said. That's a sensible Talmud Chochem. Because when someone goes to bed late and gets up in the morning weary and lacking energy, then he's not prepared for the battle against germs. It's a constant battle against bacteria. It's only if your organism is vigorous. Then it's up to the struggle. But if you present a weakened organism to such a hostile world, then it's a hate. And whatever happens is his punishment. Here is another person who likes to munch. So before going to bed, he takes a bag of peanuts or pistachios and he sits down and munches and munches and munches. He munches away his life. That person is not taking care of his health. Who said this food is good for him? You must eat what's good for your health. That's Torah. In Masech the Baba Messiah, there's a whole long sugya which deals with this subject. That is nothing other than the importance of eating breakfast. The Gemara enumerates all the benefits that come from past chakras. What illnesses can be avoided? What emotional upsets can be avoided? Suppose a sadik rushed out in the morning without breakfast, and during the day he lost his equilibrium, and he became angry. He didn't have energy enough to accomplish certain things, and he didn't feel well during the day. A number of results. And being a tzaddik... In each case, he attributes all these things to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and he feels that he has exercised his righteousness as a maimon. But according to the sugya in Baba Metziah, it all stems from neglect to eat pashachris. He should have eaten a piece of bread in the morning. Everybody knows you must eat on time. And if you don't follow a schedule, you're harming yourself. Everybody knows you have to chew your food properly. You cannot gulp unchewed food. He's in a hurry. He doesn't have any patience. It's not an excuse. You must eat healthfully. Now, will we specify for you that candies and cakes are wrong to eat? It would be foolish for anybody to make such a rule. Sometimes a candy or a piece of cake is important to give you a lift. 
Sometimes it's not wrong. Many times people are down and they need a lift. And then it's recommended that they take a nosh and enjoy life a little bit more than the regular routine. Yes, sometimes you can do things that are not wrong to do, only that they're not recommended. But you do it in order to raise your spirits. But ordinarily, things that are full of sugar will cause your teeth to rot unless you brush your teeth after eating them. And sometimes they take the place of the nourishing foods that you should be eating. And therefore, it's not sensible for a person to waste his efforts on nasherai. In Mishle, it states, Tzinim pochim bederech ikesh shomer nafsho yirchak mehem. Which means, there are thorn bushes and there are ditches, pits in the road of the crooked man. The one who guards himself keeps far away from them. But the Gemara in Kesubos explains this Pasuk in a different way. Tzinim means the word tzina, cold, and pachim, the word heat. To suffer from cold, you can catch colds. And pachim, not to get sunstroke. That's bederech ikesh. These things happen to a man who has a crooked mentality. And on this, the Gemara says, Hakol Everything is in the hands of heaven except cold and heat. When Rabbi Yisrael Salanter was sick once with a cold, his friends saw that he was very concerned. So they said, what are you worried about? It's nothing but a cold. So he said, the Gemara states, If a person catches a cold, it's a sign that he has a crooked mentality. It means he's not doing what's incumbent upon him to do. That's what Rabbi Yisrael was worried about. So we learn from this Gemara that in very many cases, illnesses are the result of a man's own negligence, which means a big part of the unhappiness of life is caused by the lack of foresight. And not in a materialistic sense, but because he neglected his duty as a servant of HaKadosh Baruch therefore he's being punished. So when a man is unhappy in life, he has to realize to a big extent it's the sin that caused it. Now that's a lot to swallow. Because people are reluctant to admit that because it puts a great deal of responsibility on one's shoulders. People prefer to have emuna and blame HaKadosh Baruch But they should have real emuna and blame themselves. A great deal of the unhappiness of life is a punishment for neglecting his duty to HaKadosh Baruch in caring for his health. And therefore, now that we learn this, it means there's a responsibility on us for our own happiness. We are the ones who are the authors of our happiness, or Khalila, of our unhappiness. And now we come to the great paradox. It's the most important part of this entire subject, and that's the great ideal of Rifa'enu Hashem Venerafe. Heal us, Hashem, and we shall be healed. We say those words every day, a few times a day. Only that sometimes we say it so quickly, so superficially, that we forget what the words are telling us. And in its most simple understanding, it means, only by your means can we be healed. Again, Rifa'enu Hashem, heal us Hashem, venerafe, and thus we shall be healed. Certainly if Hashem heals, we are going to be healed. So it means to say, only thus can we be healed. After everything is said and done, you, Hashem, are our only doctor. It means that even when we are doing everything, 
We are taking all the necessary steps to guard our health, using the utmost precautions. But it's done with the full awareness that without Hashem, it's nothing at all. Rifa'enu Hashem v'nerafe. You are the one who is healing us. Although it is our duty to seek remedies, to live by the dictates of good sense in order to maintain our health, nevertheless, we should never lose sight of the fundamental intention that Hashem should grant success to our efforts, that He is the healer. Now that's easy to say, but not so easy to do. Because when we are busy guarding our health, and we should, it drives out of our heads any other consideration. And after a while, it occurs to us that it's our efforts that are giving us the success. And that's why it's so important to remind ourselves always, not only three times a day, Rifa'enu Hashem, heal us Hashem, v'nerafe, and only because of you will we be healed. Every effort we make in the direction of virapo yirape should be accompanied with the thought, I'm doing my part Hashem, but I'm doing it with the knowledge that it is you. So if your skin is punctured, and you run to the medicine chest to take out something, whether it's peroxide or schnapps. At the same time, you should utter a little tefillah before you get into the bathroom. It should be your will, Hashem, that this business should heal me. I don't trust in the mercurochrome. I don't put my hopes into peroxide, into antiseptics, into salves. And as you're putting the medicine on the little wound, you're thinking that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the one who's going to do the healing. Of course. You have to do it. We're not saying, Hashem, we're going to lean back and relax. We're waiting for you. Oh no, we're doing everything. And still as much as it's our job to shake a leg and care for ourselves, yet every endeavor which we make and which we must make must be accompanied by the fundamental awareness that we are not doing anything except our duty. And then it's HaKadosh Baruch Hu who is doing the healing. Now, once you understand that, we can come back to the words that I quoted to you a few weeks ago from our old friend, Benjamin Franklin. An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Now, the truth is that Benjamin Franklin just said, wisecracks, plays on words. Sometimes it's useful advice too but it's only a play on words mostly. It wasn't anything too profound. And so this idea that the prevention is worth more than a cure, we know without Benjamin Franklin. It's common sense. Better to guard your health than to have to heal yourself. No question about it. It's much better to sleep on time and to eat on time than to become ill and go to physicians for all kinds of disorders. Only that we're going to understand it now better than Benjamin Franklin did. And that's because we know that the best prevention is HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We'll study this in some detail now. In Mesech the Shabbos, the Gemara states, Le'olam yivakesh adam rachamim shelo yechele. A man should always be praying to Hashem, asking for mercy that he should not become sick. Le'olam means always, even when you're in the best of health, when there is no premonition, there's no inkling of any misfortune, and it seems that you're speeding down the straight way of happiness, success, and perfect health for the rest of your days. That's the best time to ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu for good health. You should pray to HaKadosh Baruch Hu to remain well. Now just that alone, before we explain it any further, that's already a piece of very good advice. 
I really should charge you admission tonight. Because if I ever told you anything that was worthwhile, this is it. To pray to HaKadosh Baruch Hu for good health while you still have it. The best time to cry out, to be saved, is when everything is well. It's important for you, young people, to think about that. You're healthy. Cry out to HaKadosh Baruch Hu that you should stay well. When you walk down Ocean Avenue, you see signs. A doctor specializing in this. A doctor specializing in that. A doctor specializing in something else. Look how many things they specialize in. Look how many problems could happen. Even one thing wrong. And you have to go to a big specialist. And there are so many things that could go wrong. It's endless. So cry out now before the tzara. Please save me. Please keep me healthy. And the Gemara adds a reason to pray when you're healthy. Because once he does become sick, they will say to him, bring some proof in order to be freed. Once a man is lying in bed, it's much harder for him to get out of it. With HaKadosh Baruch Hu, now that you're already in the hands of a sickness, you're in the hands of medicines and doctors, now it'll take more to get you healed. And the Gemara gives a mushal. Suppose a man walks out onto the street and he sees a policeman coming to him. So he takes out the fiver and he says, not me, officer. You're not looking for me. Five dollars can help you if the officer is looking for trouble, but he didn't catch you yet. If, however, the officer is writing a summons already, you can't get away with five dollars. It's hard to tear up a summons. For twenty-five dollars, he'll do it. However, suppose he handed it in already to the precinct. It's in the books already. Now you have to go to the lieutenant already. With him, a measly $25 won't work. You need a bigger sum. But suppose you're standing in front of the judge. You can't just slip the judge $50. Somebody has to bring a letter to the judge. And he says, here's some documents on this case. And it just happens to be that one of the documents is a $500 check. The next day, the judge bangs the gavel and makes an announcement. According to these documents, new evidence has been revealed that casts new light on this case. That's the mushal of the Gemara. It means that the longer you postpone your efforts in prayer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the more you fall into the pit of sickness. The bigger the cost is going to be to get out. Now the question is, why does HaKadosh Baruch Hu follow this system? Why does HaKadosh Baruch Hu demand more if a man becomes more involved? You know, every day we say in Ashrei the following words, Karov Hashem l'chol koreav. Hashem is near to all who call out to Him. You know when He's near? When Hashem is near? L'chol asher yikra'u be'emet. To all who call Him in truth. If you're calling out in truth, then He's right there. But what is David HaMelech referring to here? Who doesn't call out to Him in truth? When you ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu for wealth, don't you mean it? When you ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu for success, don't you mean it? Who is not calling out in truth? Of course, if a person says the words and doesn't even think what he's saying, that certainly is not in truth. If a man says, Rifa'inu, and he's not even thinking what he's saying, that's nothing. But this, David HaMelech is not even talking about. Such things didn't exist in the ancient times. David is talking about a person who says, Rifa'inu, and he means it with all of his heart. If his mind could be x-rayed, we would see immediately 
He means it. He's very afraid. The specialist sent out the tests, and he's waiting for the results. Maybe it's that dreaded disease. I don't want to say it. It begins with a C. So, of course, he's calling out in truth. What does it mean? Hashem is close to all who call out in truth. And the answer is that be'emes, in truth, means emuna. When David refers to someone who calls out in truth, it means somebody who speaks to a Kaddosh Baruch Hu with a conviction that only a Kaddosh Baruch Hu can grant success. Someone who understands that nothing in the world means anything except the Ratzon Hashem. When a man is already sick and forced to turn to a Kaddosh Baruch Hu, it's also good. It's always good. But he's waking up now because his back is pressed against the wall. There is no comparison to the tefillah, which a man makes when he is not hard-pressed. That's the tefillah that shows you're relying on Hashem Be'emes. Pray for a healthy heart when you don't even know that you have a heart. When it's functioning so perfectly, you're not aware that it's there. That's the time to stipulate. And if you do that, then you are calling out to Hashem Be'emes. That's the best heart medicine, to pray that the kidneys should never shut down, chaz v'shalom while the kidneys are functioning so smoothly that all you know about the kidneys is what you read or see pictures in the drugstore windows. That's the time to pray to HaKadosh Baruch Hu for good kidneys. So when a man calls out in truth, it means he's doing everything. He's fulfilling the lessons of Virapo Yirape to its fullest. He wouldn't even look at a cigarette. He eats well. He sleeps eight hours a night. If he has to shake hands, he doesn't touch his mouth with his fingers subsequently. He handles his food only with a napkin, only with a fork. Even a piece of bread, he picks it up with a napkin. He's doing everything to protect himself because that's the will of Hashem. And yet at the same time, he knows that washing hands and eating healthy is worthless. My getting to sleep early doesn't accomplish anything. Even my doctor appointment is meaningless. He's always calling out to Hashem because he knows that nothing else matters. It's nothing but your blessing that will keep me healthy, Hashem. He relies only on HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and he appeals to him for success. That's called calling to Hashem in truth. And that's the man who lives with his feet in this world, just the way HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants. And at the same time, his head, his thoughts are with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Let's get practical. Healing the body and soul. In this week's Parsha, the Torah teaches us that we have a responsibility to heed doctors and their medical advice. We must do everything in our power to remain healthy. Yet we must remember that all health comes from Hashem, the ultimate healer, by praying constantly for His protection. This week, I will believe Keep this lesson in mind twice daily. Once while doing something to maintain my health, such as going to sleep, eating healthfully, or exercising. And again, before I recite the bracha of Rifa'enu in Shimona Esrei.